0: Welcome to the Cloud First Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to adoption, governance and security in cloud services. The show is hosted by Marius Sandbu and me, Marius Sorbock and Madem. This is a public service announcement from the Cloud First Podcast, <laughs> revolving uh, Log4J. So what's happening, Marius? well um, well
1: it seems like uh, every, every endpoint on the internet is uh, basically screwed well uh, that was the initial uh, conclusion anyway but as you said it's uh, it's a library call or it's a module called log4java java2 which is a logging mm-hmm. module which is something that has been mostly used for java based applications uh which yep. has a vulnerability that allows you to essentially use a specific uh, payload that you can send to it and it will basically either you do dns lookups or you can use it to collect the pay or collect that additional payload so you can do essentially remote exploitation of the system or you can uh, use it to collect local environmental variables which we've also seen an example of
0: exactly and this is uh, well just an example of uh, poor input validation i would say um meaning that uh, we can have things like uh, my user agent string that i yeah. present or that my browser um, present that can easily be forged by well any tool in the world yeah and exactly. um, when that is logged uh, this log4j um module will look into that string and essentially expand some commands, right? So that yeah. you you have this, um, um yeah LDAP and DNS and uh, several uh, different things that it can do. So this will then run in your logging system in the context of uh, well the service account that runs that. Yeah, of course, and it's by default local, local system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is super nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: easy and convenient. But as you said, it's it's well, it's it's not poor input validation. It's none input validation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just take it just takes the payload and just process it uh, on any system. And you know, the the, the problem with this, uh, like we we've, we've seen so many examples of like having modules or tools that doesn't have an input validation. That's fine. But the, the problem with this is the scale of how much this module is actually used yeah it's actually, saw, it's actually um, running on
0: mars yeah exactly that's cool <laughs> <laughs> luckily quite difficult to reach mars but yeah. uh yeah that's um it's very interesting and um uh, i've seen this um old xkcd uh comic where you have this uh, big stack of different uh, blocks. And on the bottom, there's this tiny little brick that sort of holds up everything maintained by two unpaid workers from (laughs) Indonesia or or something. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel that that is sort of what is happening here as well. Um, Mm. It's well, I I checked the GitHub repository earlier today. So there's a lot of activity in the log4j github but well, at least um, now <laughs> at least now, but um it's sort of been something that everyone has just been using easily available, and yeah, and the list of applications using this is um it's long, it's very long
1: yeah I actually saw some statistics yesterday, and over the last couple of months the, the module has been downloaded over twenty seven million times. Yeah,
0: that's a bit more than any module I've been making. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> as I said like there's been like two or three like main contributors to this module over the last last years mm-hmm. and, and the vulnerability itself is, is well, it, it was actually presented on black hat or something in 2016. Yeah, um, why is it suddenly surfacing? Now? Because, well, based upon the the discussions, the rumors that I saw, because someone managed to hack a Minecraft server. Yeah, that's where everything starts, right? Yeah, of course. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was happening. But, but we've also in we gotten some indications that this vulnerability has been in the wild now since the 1st of December. But that's when, exactly. I think it was Cloudflare that saw the first initial payloads
0: on December 1st. Yeah. And um, of course, we are already seeing ransomware attacks using this, um, well, this attack surface to gain foothold into customer environments. Well, I haven't seen it, but uh, we have reports saying that that it exists already. That's impressive. Uh, but it's, it's super simple to to uh, use, right? You can just send out HTTP requests to random servers and just check whether they are v- vulnerable or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like in 2021, where everybody's talking about serial trust, most endpoints or most server endpoints that you send this payload to will actually respond. <laughs> so it mm. means that you have like, uh, Regular traditional uh, internet bre- breakout for all other source ports as well, and the yeah. You know, the, I think it, we think it was Bitdefender that saw the initial ransomware attacks yesterday, uh, where uh, the um, the ransomware payload is a small .NET application of 12, 12, 12 kilobytes or something. Yeah. So it's just a simple. Okay, you download the payload, and it will automatically start running locally. So I'm guessing it's only matter days before we see larger more organized more advanced ransomware attacks also um how will also happen uh yeah. using these vulnerable endpoints
0: most definitely and being java this is of course running on all kinds of servers and devices and whatnot so um uh, i'm sure there are uh, like customer routers and all kinds of things running this
1: yeah yeah. i i you know i i saw on shodan i took a like a, a quick query inserted like elk in the apache components that i know were vulnerable and on like when i did a quick search i think i found 850000 endpoints that are running a vulnerable version yeah. And that is not including the other vendors that are also affected by this as well. Because VMware, for instance, they have a bunch of Java components in their products. So, mm. vCenter, uh, their remote access service, a lot of the management components is running Java underneath. So, they, they're running vulnerable versions of this component. So, they have like a long knowledge base article of <laughs> workarounds uh, that you uh, need to implement uh, in, yeah. uh, while VMware is fixing or
0: providing hotfixes. So, I sort of feel that um, uh, the or one of the reasons why this is such a big problem, of course, it's endpoints available on the internet. That's one of the things. But we cannot sort of have an internet where nothing is available on the internet. That's not really how the internet works. Um, I really think that in order to avoid issues like these, in the future, um, having like a big impact on your internal network and stuff, you really need to start following proper uh, security architecture best practices, such as uh, well, isolating your landing zones or whatever, so that um, these servers that could be potentially vul- vulnerable for from some kind of other third party module of some sort that um they can't really or they, sh- they should be isolated in a way so they can only reach what they need to be able to reach because yeah uh, as you mentioned um uh, with zero trust and everything um outbound from your servers has been a really low focus area, especially in the cloud i would say yeah. where you say that um Ah, everything on the internet you can reach that's not a problem but it definitely can be a problem yeah and also like having proper web uh, firewall mm-hmm.
1: features in place yes because like having okay um, th- there's applications that I need to have available internet should only be reaching these specific urls if it's yeah. if it's trying to reach something else then you should automatically block that
0: type of traffic Exactly,
1: and that's what you see in all those endpoints now that we've seen that are vulnerable, there's no validation of what kind of URL I'm trying to provide in the or in the in the address path. So it's no yeah. validation whatsoever.
0: Exactly, uh, I, but I even saw people trying to sort of change the name of their iPhones and all kinds of strange things. Um, Wi-Fi names. Where Android phones were doing crazy shit. That um, yeah, was well, uh, even on a Tesla as well. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and and the iMessage service on the iPhone, because if I sent that specific patch to another contact on my on my iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, the iMessage component will automatically run that specific query, <laughs> and you yeah. can see where the DNS lookup is coming from from within Apple. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So there's so many different entry points where you can sort of reach a place where you your pro or your content is processed by this uh, log module. It's ridiculous. So uh, I'm I'm just this... waiting
1: for my dishwasher to get compromised in
0: some way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it's probably uh, running Java underneath somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The police is calling. I'm sorry to inform you, but. Uh, your dishwasher has been uh, uh, part of an attack on <laughs> yeah. some kind of company.
1: <laughs> please please pay me $2 uh, so we can decrypt your dishwasher. Yeah. And of course, having two small children, and that means that the tish- dishwasher and the washing machine is going constantly. So it's yes. a critical it's a component. S- yes,
0: it's a 24-7 service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it will be really interesting to see what will happen over time now. With this log4j of course there's a lot of focus on it but there are so many services around the world that are simply deployed and never touched again Mm -hmm. they don't have the code or at least not the skill to deploy that code perhaps or patch or anything there are some things you can do to uh, configure how the um, uh, java virtual machine runs where you can disable this uh, jndi functionality um, so um there are things you can do even though you can't really patch the code but um yeah very interesting yeah because
1: i'm guessing like for let's let's look at like a lot of organizations they get a lot of third-party software with where the software is delivered as a service from another software vendor yeah, which exactly. might be using this module, so the your customer itself they can't do anything. They have to wait for the application vendor to fix their issue on their end. Exactly, uh, and, and as you said, like I, I've talked to a lot of customers the last couple of days, and they they have no idea how to actually detect if they're running this vulnerable component within their infrastructure, and. Like regardless if it's running uh, this module or anything else, I think it's a problem that a lot of organizations don't have this overview actually understanding what kind of components are actually running within their infrastructure. Uh, and it's not a, it's not an easy way to actually get that information. You need a lot of components to actually collect all this different data and DLL files and applications from the different servers. Um, so that's uh you know i i i've i think a lot of organizations now uh have understood the last couple of days that we have no overview whatsoever, so we need to get started on getting that overview
0: yeah exactly and um uh, yeah uh I, I mentioned or we we mentioned um, some home home devices where well, I'm patching my router and other things when I sort of sign into them and I see some kind of, oh, you have an old version of something, but my parents don't. And uh, most people I know that don't work with IT never touch any of their um, devices at all. Meaning that um, they will be running all kinds of old software. I don't know which home routers could be vulnerable to this, but, I'm sure there are plenty.
1: Yeah, there's a, I actually think it was ubiquity. I think was one of those uh, that was uh, that was had the vulnerability. Yeah, and the they are becoming more and more popular uh, in most homes as well. But it's they've also already applied uh, an automatic update uh, of their It's running update. automatically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because uh, most vendors. Don't they don't have any automated update at all for their no,
1: no they send you to a website you,
0: yeah and you need to either download something and upload to the management portal of the router or um you potentially have it directly but you need in the portal but you need to sort of say that yes I'm I want to do this yeah and there's also a lot of software vendors that are publishing this information
1: behind logins so let's say i need to patch my cisco something because there's a lot of mm-hmm. cisco services that was uh, vulnerable with the, with this vulnerability and you need to get first you need to go to the cisco website you need to log in using your credentials organization credentials and then you get information to the the knowledge yeah. base article and it's download links so it's a lot of additional steps just to get information
0: exactly yeah Oh, I'm sure we will hear a lot about this in uh, the coming six months or something. This will this won't just go away. I was We're I was hoping for oh, yeah
1: yeah I was hoping for like a or a quiet Christmas
0: vacation, but uh, <laughs> it's,
1: that's not going to be the case.
0: No, I don't think so. So, um, but but really, um, of course, everyone is sort of trying to figure out if they are affected somehow and and whatnot but um, what is a good approach to if you if you have some things you know are running java so and that's everything you know it's based on java it has a java virtual machine and it's that's everything i know about the service for now what should they where where should we start
1: so there's uh, I would say, a couple of approaches because most endpoints on the internet have been scanned already. So in the firewall logs, you will, see, uh, you will see indication that someone's been trying to detect if you're vulnerable or not. That will always be the case. And uh, I've seen that for so many organizations already. Second off, uh, there's a lot of uh, security vendors now that have a free web service that you can use to actually uh, check your uh, web endpoints if they're vulnerable or not. That's the first step. Map your external endpoints and do that check. Make sure that if you're vulnerable or not. If they are vulnerable, uh, if there's an application that you have, uh, that you're developing within your own organization, uh, check if you can either disable uh, that lookup functionality, um, or if you can upgrade to the latest version, which is 2.16, which essentially disable that functionality completely. Uh, If there is an application vendor that you're not sure of, or if you're talking with application vendor and they're still working on it, at least disable uh, outbound connectivity directly so that the lookup functionality will not work. Make sure that you don't have any uh, environmental variables that it can collect information about. We've also seen that for some worker nodes running in AWS. and of course, uh, having a web application firewall in place to make sure that you can't block uh, against uh, payloads going to different URLs, that's also a good approach. Most uh, firewall vendors have already a recipe in place to make it easy for you to actually block those different types of payloads that are coming in. Yeah. Good. And if not, you have so many security vendors now. that already have detection mechanisms in place. So Trend Micro, Microsoft, VMware, uh, they have detection. Yeah, they have payload detection in place to make sure that they see if they're if you're running on a vulnerable version or not. So it's yeah. it, the, the good thing about this is that I see that like all security vendors now they've been working their asses off this weekend to actually try to make tools and detection scripts and giving information early on uh now the problem is right now that i'm seeing is that especially social media like every security vendor is giving their full statement of what's going on including us (laughs) here now but (laughs) it's drowning the traffic to actually see okay what's the actual what's actually happening now uh, who is actually doing a full-on scale attack using this vulnerability, or if it's mm. still, if they're still in the early phases of figuring out a way to weaponize this vulnerability.
0: Yeah, and this will be yet another tool in the attacker's toolbox, right? So yeah. they are just adding uh, to their existing list of a gazillion automated attack. This will be just another one. Yeah, where if they some for some or through some method can start running things in your network, then um, I'm sure this will just go in as well. One of the billion things they they test in your network to try to climb further yeah, into uh, services. And
1: I'm also thinking about like. Software, new software that companies are now setting up, but are still mm-hmm. running the older version as default once they set it up.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because, so because uh, of course, if you're running two fifteen or two fourteen or an old version of it, it you have the vulnerability present. Yeah, exactly.
1: As That's you said, like, okay, I, we've, I've seen a lot of customers, like, okay, we deploy a lot of uh, firewall rules, then we're good to go, right? Okay, what if someone compromises your uh, traditional clients or endpoints, and that way they use the same vulnerability, but only from the inside? Then your WAF won't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, it's... Um super interesting. I'm going to try to see if I can run something on the Mars uh, helicopter um, to see if I can capture some interesting pictures. Yeah, yeah, Uh, that would be the first like the first Norwegian ransomware on Mars. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I wonder how much they would pay if I sort of captured
1: the helicopter. Yeah, or, or how long time before the NSA or CSI comes to detain you <laughs> here in Norway. Yeah, a few hours, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, should we uh, call it a day? Yeah, there was just a emergency uh, announcement anyway of uh, the current state of things. So it was, uh, yeah. Good, I think it was might a good have, summary.
0: We might have a little horror quality of sound today as well since we're on teams so um since you have well not a call but i don't want to get something from you to ruin my christmas so
1: (laughs) no no exactly i don't want to take the risk either so it's um... (laughs) cool thank you cheerio cheerio